How's it going, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of Meeting on the Mound. The Twins are fresh off winning two of the first two series on this three-series homestand. My name is Kyle Gibson, and today I am joined with the uh, Friday night hero of the Kansas City Royals Twins 2-0 win, Mitch Garver. Mitch, thanks for uh, joining me on this week's edition of Meeting on the Mound. Thanks, Kyle. I'm uh, excited to be here. Hey, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of baseball here. A um, little background, you're drafted in 2013 in the ninth round by the Minnesota Twins. Uh, you've been a twin for the first six years of your professional career. Mm-hmm. From Albuquerque, New Mexico, drafted out of the University of New Mexico. You can tell I did a lot of research here. Yeah. Um, made your debut on August 19th in 2017, and you got your first hit on the 20th. That's right. Um, what do you remember most about your first few days in the big leagues in, in that August of 2017? Um, I remember the first night I showed up playing the Diamondbacks. Um, and the first thing I noticed was how bright the lights were. Like, I know it's kind of a cliche, kind of a whatever, but the lights were extremely bright and the field was well lit up and, and you know, the crowd was pouring in. Obviously, that year we had a good team, made it to the playoff game. Uh, There's a bunch of people there. Um, I, re- I remember just the sound of the baseball when it's hit on a major league stadium sounds different than anywhere else. Like, it has a more solid sound. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt hit a single to the right side that was like <laughs> loud and it got through the infield quick. And uh, and then I think Miguel Sano hit a homer to left and I was like, wow, this is uh, this is amazing. Um, this game is is it's fast, it's fun, and uh, I wanted to stay. So you were up for the rest of 2017. You got your first hit that next day on the 20th. Who was your first hit against? First hit is against uh, Braden Shipley. Who I faced in college a lot. He uh, he went to the University of Reno, uh, Nevada, Reno. He was part of the Wolfpack, and I faced him several times throughout college. And it was a swinging bunt on a fastball right down the middle that I legged out, and <laughs> killed it. <laughs> yeah, they threw it away. They threw it past the first baseman, and I I actually probably should have gotten to third base because the throw went so far down the line. But I stopped at second because I didn't. I was like scared to run. <laughs> So uh, you were up that last month and a half of 2017, experienced the, the wild card game. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I had my experience from the bench. I knew I wasn't going to play because I wasn't on the roster. But tell me about, like, that thought. You know, I remember sitting in the dugout and thinking, man, this is the coolest atmosphere I've ever been in. Uh, and obviously the first inning we scored four runs and, and exploded, and then unfortunately they scored four or five. But, you know, walk us through that. You know, that's your first month and a half in the big leagues. Uh, tell me about that experience. Yeah, so just learning the league, uh, going over scouting reports every day against new teams that I'd never faced before and trying to learn new players and, and learn a new pitching staff that I hadn't done much catching for. Uh, it was all it was pretty overwhelming, but I had, you know, Castro was here and, and Chris Jimenez was here as well, and he was, uh, you know, a really big impact for me, and, and he helped me learn a lot of things. Uh, but then you get into, you know, the first week of October and we're in that playoff game, and... Uh, you know, we're going over our scouting report for the Yankees, and, and I'm an active player on that roster for that day. And I remember uh, Jimmy, Jimmy is telling me, hey, you know, if, if it comes down to a pinch hit situation, it's probably going to be you over me. So <laughs> if, if there was a lefty coming out of the pen, a lefty named Araldis Chapman, and, you know, I had a chance to get in that bat off him, like I might be the right-handed bat going in there as a catcher. So, uh that was exciting, but also, you know, a little bit intimidating. It has been like my first time on a really big stage to, to do something like that. So 
Uh, I remember being in the batting cage in like the fifth or sixth inning trying to hit off the velocity machine, getting, <laughs> getting my eyes adjusted to that velo. So you mentioned Jason Castro, and, and I want to talk about Castro and Jimenez real quick. You know, those two guys had an impact on both of our careers, and they still have in Castro's case. But what did those guys do for you, for you and even Bobby Wilson as well? You know, what did those three guys do for you as you were trying to get adjusted to the big leagues and, and learning about, you know, catching in the big leagues? Well, those are three dudes that have a lot of time around the game. Um, and, you know, that's for me coming up, I, I took a lot of things very seriously, and, and uh, game calling was one of them. So those guys really helped me out learning, you know, new the whole new staff at, in general and also understanding certain situations that come up throughout the game and, and certain times when, you know, maybe walk's not as bad as, as a, a hit or, you know, something along those lines. And, uh, just picking apart lineups, understanding where your holes are and, and where you can attack certain hitters in, in different situations, but also just, you know, being a pro, uh, playing at this level is, is something different, and that's something those guys have been doing for a while, and they understand that, you know, it's not always about a one-game situation. There's there's a lot of games in a season, and you you take your lumps when you have them, and, and you try to, you know, capitalize on the, on the times that you have a chance to win a ball game. So the toward the end of 2017, you like we said, you played a month and a half. You struggled at the plate a little bit, got your feet wet catching. Um, I experienced this my first couple of years, but sometimes being comfortable on the mound makes a huge difference in performance. So talk a little bit about you know maybe obviously this year you've you know taken both sides of your game to another level. Last year you played really well all year, hit almost 270. Um, but this year you just there's a little bit different about you. You know, tell me about is it somewhat being comfortable? That was one thing that was huge for me, especially going into 2015, feeling like uh, almost like I belonged on the mound. You know, t- talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's, there's there's a big part of that, and it's that's that feeling of belonging. And uh, last year I I got kind of thrown into that starting role when Stroh went down with his knee injury, and it was a lot to take in right, right away. Uh, we had a, a full team of veterans. I mean, we, we had guys like Lance Lynn and, and Fernando Rodney, and those are guys that I was controlling on the mound, and uh, it was a lot for me. Um, and, you know, over the course of that year, I learned a lot. I, uh, I hit a little bit here and there, which was, which was nice to have, and then my catching, you know, obviously improved throughout the year, but I made a conscious effort this offseason. I really wanted to come into the season and, and have a job. You know, I wanted to be an impact player. I wanted to hit in the middle of the lineup. I wanted to drive in a bunch of runs. Um, I wanted to be the guy. You know, uh, the way the catching is going today in Major League Baseball, it's it's if you can receive the baseball and you can control staff, then you're going to have a job. And then you can, you know, you add that with hitting. And and uh, you know, I made a conscious effort this year to to really drive the ball in the air. I wanted to hit home runs. I wanted to, like I said, be kind of a force in the middle of the lineup. So. That was something I really wanted to do. Uh, I've come in, I've started off really well, and and uh, you know, despite a little injury here, I think you know things are going well this year. And obviously, our team is is so stacked one through nine. We have such a powerful lineup that we're dangerous. So it, it's been a really fun year. So 2018, like we said, you hit nearly 270, seven home runs, showed some improvement over 2017. But I want to talk a little bit about your defense because as a pitcher, um, you know, I'd pitched you in 2017 when I got sent down before you got called up. So you and I have, have worked together for a couple years now. But tell me about the changes and, and what you worked on this offseason because I know that that was a, a very conscious effort on your part is that you wanted to be better receiving the ball just like you talked about, you know, making pitches look like strikes, you know, presenting them in a way the umpire calls strikes. So if you would go into a little bit of that work that, that has really elevated that side of your game. So 
just last year, I I distinctly remember there was a lot of times when I would, uh, you know, catch a baseball that maybe started off in the strike zone, and I my glove dropped, and it gave the appearance to an umpire that that's a ball, and those scores add up. And anytime you can take a leverage count like 00 or 11 and change it to 12 or 01, those are the counts that really matter throughout a game. So. I called up Tanner Swanson, who is our minor league catching coordinator in the Twins system, and I basically told him, hey, man, uh, I see the writing on the wall. If I can't improve my defense now, you know, I, I could be out of the game quickly because it happens quick. Uh, so he understood. He, he, you know, that weekend in December, he flew down to Albuquerque to come see me. We had a full weekend together. We wanted to change the way I received the ball, the way I set up uh, to maximize the bottom part of the strike zone. And... You know, get some of those borderline pitches that might be balls, might be strikes, and and you know, give the umpire the best opportunity to call a strike in those situations. So he flew down to Albuquerque. He really helped me out for a weekend. Uh, a few weeks later, I flew out to Fort Myers to meet our new catching coach, Bill Evers, and I put in a, a weekend there in Fort Myers with him, working on some other technique things. And uh, the coolest part about all this was. Tanner and Bill Evers and our new manager Rocco were all on the same page as far as what I'm doing behind the plate with one knee down uh, with two strikes runners on base whatever the situation was they understood the importance of gaining strikes and that that was really cool for me to see that support let's talk about the game against KC maybe your freshest obviously your freshest baseball memory um, you know, everybody's debut is super special. Everybody's first homer. You hit your first homer in 2018 on April 5th. Um, what was that like? It was that we were talking a little bit after the game. Was that the most favorite game you've played in to this point? That was the most exciting baseball game I've ever <laughs> played in, and for a lot of reasons. A, I mean, you were throwing a shutout through eight innings, which was incredible to catch and be a part of. Their guys throwing a shutout through eight innings. The first bullpen guy they bring out, uh, you know, I mean, I step up to the plate and, and I remember stepping out of the box before that pitch because my mind started drifting away from my plan. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to hit a home run right here. And I was like, I'm going to hit a pull side home run, like a super majestic home <laughs> run. I wanted to get this thing out of the stadium. And I was like, no, no, no. Step out. I grabbed a little piece of dirt, like reset my mind. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay right center gap. I'm going to cheat really hard at the fastball because it has to be a fastball. I mean, if I look stupid on a slider, so what? <laughs> I cheat hard. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to get this baseball out from him. I catch out in front of the plate and try to hit as high and far as I can to right center. And it was just that. It was a fastball right on the corner, 97 miles an hour. Got you know, I got the head out of the, of the barrel out in front of the plate and hit it in the air. And, you know, I'm running down the line. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hit that ball really <laughs> hard. Like, this, this could go out. And as soon as I stepped on first base, I saw it hit off the top of the wall and and land over, and I lost it. It was crazy. <laughs> I think one thing that um, that fans, you know, maybe maybe understand a little bit from watching the game, but as a team, uh, and we've experienced this a couple times. You know, you come back, you put some runs on the board, and you win games that maybe uh, you didn't think you had a chance of winning. Uh, you know, we had missed a couple opportunities in that game. Um, but I really think those are the type of games that, especially to lead off a series, springboard us into scoring some runs on Saturday and maybe winning a game that we shouldn't have won. Uh, you know, we scored some runs late and take that. And um, it's games like that that we'll look back on and say, man, you know, that game impacted this one. And all of a sudden, you know, we're this many games up in the division. And that's the For reason sure. why we're here. Yeah, so. I mean, you're not always going to win everything. But if you can snatch a ball game late, late innings and, and score one or two runs and take that lead and then shut them down, I mean, 
that's demoralizing for a team. It happened. It happens a lot to every baseball team, but the more times you do that, you, you carry all the momentum. All right, so that's enough of the baseball talk. All right, we got two little games that we're going to play here. Um, I normally just do one, but uh, I was looking at your draft and trying to figure out some guys in the 2013 draft that you might have heard of and might know of. Okay. So we're going to quiz you on the 2013 draft, uh, but we're also going to quiz you first on uh, some career homer numbers. Okay. All right, I just want to inform you about some of the guys that you either have passed or are about to pass in career homers. You have 18 career homers, right? <laughs> okay. uh, I don't remember where you are on the list. It's still quite a ways down, but it's you've dead. got a long career ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, you have 18 career homers. Cy Young. Do you think Cy Young had more or less homers than you have right now? I feel like he had more. <laughs> Cy Young is tied. He has 18 homers. 18 homers. Okay. 18 homers. Uh, Nick Punto, power-hitting Minnesota twin. Uh, not quite known for his power, but a uh, longtime Minnesota twin. What do you think on, on Nick Punto? He's got way more than me. Nick Punto has 19 homers. You're about ready to pass him on the career homer oh list. So next homer, you're going to with pa- the twins? No, that's his career. career. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Jim Cott, another twin. Jim Cott, now he could hit. All right. He was a pitcher that could hit. No, gold glove. What do you got on Jim Cott? Uh... I have more than him. You do. He had 16 homers. You have 18. You just you just recently passed him. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Drew Butera, longtime twin, Kansas City Royal. What do you got on Drew Butera? What do you think? He's been around quite a quite a long time. Drew had a homer against us last year. It might have been off me. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, I have more than him. Next homer, you will tie Drew Butera. He's Let's got go. 19. So okay. I'll make sure to make a point of that in the dugout. Um, your buddy Bobby Wilson. Oh how many gosh. how many big league homers and do you think you have more or less than Bobby Wilson? Another guy that's been around probably played parts I, of eight seasons. I think Bobo has more than me. You and Bobby are tied. You're going to officially pass him with your next Let's homer. Go. So next homer you hit, he just got called up to the Tigers. I'm calling him. So if he hits a homer, he needs to be texting you. And next homer you hit, yeah, you can text him. Two more here. The great Bob Gibson. A lot of pitchers on this list, so you need to you need to hit a couple homers here to get a pass some of these guys. He, he's got more than me. Bob Gibson has 24 big league yeah. jacks. Big league pumps. He's got, he threw a lot of By the end of the year, though, you'll get, you'll get past Bob Gibson. Last one, our AAA manager, Joel, Joel Skinner. Skinner. What do you got on Joel Skinner? I got to have more than Skins. You have one more than Joel Skinner. That <laughs> homer good. in Kansas City passed Joel Skinner. Let's he had go. 17 big league homers. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Congratulations. Move All on. right. Next game we're going to play here. 2013 draft, all right? All I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the round, the pick, the team, and where they're from. And I want to know if you know the guy. Okay. All right? First round pick in 2013, number nine overall to the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was from Grayson High School in Georgia. He's a center fielder. Um, Grayson High School. Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows, very good. Yep. One for one, very good. 11th round, the 327th pick by Seattle. He's a right-handed pitcher from Eastern Alamance High School in Mabane, North Carolina. Is he in the show? He's in the show. <sighs> I don't know. Who is it? Your own teammate, Zach Littell. Know your teammates. Lit was 13? Lit, yes, Lit. Okay. Yep, 11th round to the to the uh, to the Mariners. See, that's a trick question. Though. That's a trick question. Hey, you got to think outside the box here. All right, you definitely know this guy, and I think the last clue is going to give it away. 14th round, 410th pick by Minnesota. 
He's from Seton Hall. Zach Grant. Zach Grant, very good. I knew I shouldn't have even said Seton Hall, but I had to do it. Yeah. All right. Third round that year, 88th pick by Arizona Diamondbacks. He went to Georgia Tech. Daniel Polka. Daniel Polka. All right. That was a, a couple layups right yeah. there, right? You know Polk. You guys are boys. All right. Last one. First round, 32nd pick from the New York Yankees, and he went to Fresno Aaron State. Judge. Oh, gosh, I made him way yeah. too easy. Yeah. I should have finished up with Zach Littell. That's my bad. <laughs> hey, uh, Mitch, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you being here, man. And uh, we're going to go against the Red Sox starting tonight. And uh, let's go get two or three. Really appreciate it, buddy. Let's do it. Thanks, Kyle.